0: Hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know, we ended up adding a little extra something special at the end of the episode. It was kind of just a last minute addition, but I think you're going to like it. It's a little chat that we had with a local named Eduardo. So stick around, okay? Arriba! Hola! From sunny Cabo San Lucas. So you wanna come to Mexico, or who knows? Maybe you'd like to plan a destination wedding here. After seeing your friends post about the white sand beaches, beautiful turquoise water, the parties and the tacos, it might feel like the country has been calling your name. The only problem is you've heard stories on the news that it's unsafe or that a tourist went missing, or maybe you even have a friend who came home with a story about being robbed. So Should should you go? As someone who's traveled extensively all over this beautiful country ever since I was a little girl, including Dozens of trips where I've been here all by myself. I'm gonna share everything you need to know for the best trip possible. Now, this isn't going to be your typical advice. In fact, some of it might shock you. After listening, you're gonna have a better understanding of the culture, the people, and most importantly, how to stay safe. Oh, and make sure you grab your brother, your dad, your boyfriend, or your husband and stick around till the end because there's one piece of advice that's just for the men. Awesome. So pack some pesos, your passport, and that scandalous orange bikini. Cause today I'm gonna tell you how to travel to Mexico without being a weenie. Vamanos. Vamanos.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Love, love, love,
0: love, love. Bienvenidos a Big Lush Energy. I'm your host, Jana Marie. Over the years, I've been blessed enough to have traveled all over the world. From Cuba and Argentina to Chile, Tanzania, Shanghai, Paris, and London. The list goes on and on. But for some reason, the one place I just keep coming back to is Mexico. My love affair with this country started when I was only 13 years old. That's when my high school gave me the opportunity to go to a mission strip in Tijuana to build homes for the less fortunate. Now, I had no idea what to expect, but looking back, I'm pretty sure I was initially drawn to the thought of going on an adventure with my friends and no parents. Right. And then there was the helping people part. (laughs) In order to go... I needed to be able to afford the travel expenses and my portion of the building supplies. It took what felt like forever to save up because at the time, all I could do for work was babysit for $3 an hour. On the trip, we stayed in tents on a gravel lot with outhouses and no showers. And I should probably mention, we weren't building your typical North American homes. It was a perfect rectangle on a slab of cement. It was made out of wood, chicken wire, and plaster. Essentially, you could compare it to a fancy two-room garden shed in North America. But to these people, it was everything, especially the families who had nothing. The little homes fit in perfectly in the little villages that we were building in. The first time I went, the work was so much harder than I expected. We did everything manually, so there were no electric tools. That meant I was carrying bags of cement up and down hills in the hot sun and sometimes in the rain. I mixed the cement by hand and spent hours troweling it on my hands and knees and after being told that this was going to be the floor of their home, I knew I had to make it as perfect as possible. Imagine how stinky I was after working outside in the sun for a week straight and no shower. Let's just say that on my future trips, I packed a lot of baby wipes. (laughs) Well, once we were done the building, we would do this dedication ceremony where we would all hold hands in a circle inside the home and pray that it would be blessed and then offer it in love to the family. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Of course, the family had seen how hard all of us kids had worked to build something for them and they were overwhelmed with gratitude. After what felt like an entire afternoon giving long hugs, I said goodbye and cried as I got into the van and drove away. I was hooked. After that, I went every year for five years and chaperoned a group of kids once I graduated too. Over the years, the slab of cement became my specialty. I knew how to trowel the shit out of a slab of cement and finish it just right so that it would be extra smooth. Hmm. Maybe that's where I learned how to do foundation so well. (laughs) Over the course of six years, I helped build nine homes. I was immersed in the culture. I visited villages that were spread out over the mountainsides and I drank soda from a plastic bag with a straw in it and played soccer with the kids on the dirt roads. I learned Spanish from the locals and I saw how much joy the people had despite having so much less than me. Even though they might have had a dirt floor or a homemade outhouse for a toilet, their kids always looked perfectly put together. Here, childproofing your home meant taking the prickles off of the cactuses in the backyard. And I remember on one of our trips, the father was so surprised at how hard we were working that on our second day, he came home from work with a toilet seat and a bag of oranges for us. He'd spent his entire day's wages trying to feed us and make us more comfortable. On my last trip, myself and a couple of parents took a group of high schoolers. Now, I was only 19 at the time, and on the first day, I was being introduced to the family and they handed me a beautiful baby girl and said her name was Alejandra. I told her mom that she was beautiful and she looked at me and said, please take her. I thought she was joking, but her face was completely serious. She said, her life will be so much better with you. I held that baby every day and thought of what her life would be like and prayed that somehow our generosity of building that little home would help her along the way. So when I tell you that I love Mexico, sure, I love the margaritas and the mariachi bands and the phone parties, but those aren't the things that keep me coming back. It's the people. They're so hardworking, and someone once told me there's a reason they call me a Mexican and not a Mexicant. I can figure anything out. (laughs) I love that they care so deeply about their families, and they use every opportunity that they can to celebrate life, no matter what it might look like. So, as my story goes, very shortly after high school, I moved to Mexico and I got a job working in an all inclusive resort. If you'd like to hear the full story, make sure you check out the Pablo Escobarbi trilogy. Those episodes are muy interesante. <laughs> anyway, suddenly I was working in this compound that was nothing like the Mexico that I knew. I mean, I never imagined I was going to be living in Mexico eating sushi and Italian food. <laughs> Are you saying I can't get a taco? No. No? Quesadilla? What? Quesadilla? Churro? Some rice and beans? No. No? Okay. Here, I saw how hard the people worked and how little they got paid. In fact, I was one of them. Let's just say I've never worked harder and been more broke in my life. Back then, I worked from 9 o'clock in the morning till 2 a.m. six days a week. Every morning, the bus would pick me and the other staff members up at 8:30 a.m. from our shared shitty shoebox motel rooms and take us to the resort. My first responsibility of the day was to open and run the kids club where parents would drop off their little ones for the day so that they could get drunk by the pool in peace. (laughs) My coworker, Luca, and I could have up to 40 kids to take care of on our own. And keep in mind, these were kids from all around the world, most of them not speaking a word of English. We did crafts, games, and other activities with them, took them to lunch, and then at around 2 p.m., their parents would pick them up. Next, we were supposed to run the activities around the resort. Now, you know those annoying people trying to get you to do salsa lessons, aerobics in the pool, Spanish lessons, or bingo while you're trying to be in the sun? Well, that was me. Actually, I'm recording from Mexico right now, and just yesterday, Ricky and I were trying to get some rest after a week of working with a bride, and one of the entertainment staff approached us with a very hard sell trying to get us to play bingo. I said, senor, if you finally had a day off, would you want to play bingo? And he said, no. No. I wouldn't. We laughed and I went back to sipping my breakfast margarita in peace. Anyways, that's what I did. I ran the adult activities like poolside bingo, beach volleyball tournaments, salsa classes, Spanish lessons, and water aerobics until 5 p.m. and then we would break for dinner. After that, we went straight to dance rehearsal for the show that night. After rehearsal, we got into hair and makeup, performed one of those shows like Beauty and the Beast, The Michael Jackson Show, Grease, or whatever. Then we took photos with the tourists and played games at the bar, then convinced them to come to the nightclub. Once we got to the nightclub, we had to dance with the guests to, quote, make the party happen until two o'clock in the morning. As soon as our bus pulled up to the pickup area, our boss would come stand at the door of the nightclub, which meant we were finally, finally allowed to go home. There we got a couple hours sleep and had to be ready for the bus again at 8.30 in the morning the next day. We did this six Six days a week. week. Do you want to know how much money I made? $500 a month. And I never got any tips either. I mean, I remember one time someone on our team got a $20 bill and another girl was given a shirt after she complimented a guest on it, but that was it. So let's do the math. From nine in the morning till two in the morning is 17 hours a day. I did that for six days a week, four weeks out of the month. That meant I was working 442 hours a month. So, based on my calculations, (laughs) oh, it's depressing to look at these numbers. I was making $19 a day, or $1.13 an hour. Spend it all in one place now, you hear? So $500 a month was what I was getting paid way back when I was only 19 years old. It was a (coughs) very long time ago. (laughs) But I looked up the wages of the average Mexican worker today and it's really close to the same. (laughs) The people who work in housekeeping typically make an average of 5,000 to 6,000 pesos a month. That's $250 to $350. Servers who have to split their tips with the kitchen staff, captains, and hostesses make an average of 8,000 pesos a month, which is $466. All right, now I got to do it. I have to say something. That's a little controversial, and I doubt you've ever heard this before. It's just my opinion based on what I've seen from living, working, and traveling in Mexico. (sighs) This is going to be hard to hear, but just stick with me, okay? The only reason all-inclusive resorts can exist is because people are being exploited. Exploited. The only reason all-inclusives exist is because people are being exploited. Think about it. There's a reason they only have these places in countries with really low minimum wages. A resort requires so much manpower in order to operate, they couldn't afford it and still make a profit if they had to pay their staff a decent wage. To this, you might be thinking, but Jaina, it's so cheap to live in Mexico. No, not in the tourist areas, and even though it's cheaper than what you might pay at home, it's still more than what a local makes. Rent for a one-bedroom apartment in the city center can range from around $400 to $800 a month, while a three-bedroom apartment can range from around $800 to $1,500 a month. So if you're a mother with children, you're either cramming your kids into a one-bedroom or you have to figure out where you're going to get more money. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? Are you putting the pieces together? The cleaning lady who takes a pair of sunglasses from your hotel room isn't necessarily a criminal. She's someone who needs to care for her family. I'm not saying that theft is okay. I'm saying I understand it. I understand the hustle, the level of desperation. Sometimes Mexicans are painted as conniving, untrustworthy criminals, but that's not the case at all. They're beautiful people who work hard for next to nothing and still have kids to raise and feed. Did you know that tour operators and restaurant owners pay their staff almost nothing and tell them, if you do a good job, the tourists will tip you. If you ever wondered why the driver insisted that he lift your bags into the van or why he learned how to have basic conversations in five languages, you know, he doesn't need to know how to ask, hello, how are you in German, Italian, French, English, and Portuguese, just to drive people to the airport. When I was in Shanghai, I couldn't find a taxi driver that understood me when I said the word airport, and that was fine because I'm in their country. I'm not expecting them to know my language, but in Mexico, they'll try to speak to you to make sure you feel welcome and comfortable so that your 30-minute drive is that much more enjoyable, and maybe, hopefully, you'll leave a couple dollars behind. So now that you understand a little bit more about the culture, the people and where they might be coming from, I would like to give you my six top tips for how to have the best Mexico trip. Numero uno. Here we go. I'm just going to come right out and say it. If you don't like Mexican people, don't, don't go, go to Mexico. Mexico. It's that simple. I remember one time I was getting off of a flight and some big dumb tourist, I won't say which country he was from, walked up to the very first Mexican airport employee that he saw and he said, Una cerveza, por favor. I wanted to knock this guy out. People don't think of how insanely disrespectful that is. This was a trained professional in a completely different field, an airport employee. He's not responsible for getting anybody a beer. Mexicans aren't put on this planet to refill your drink, okay? Have a little respect. Actually, have the most respect. Numero dos. Bring some American or pesos so you can tip people. I've heard it so many times before. I don't like tipping it in all-inclusive. It's all supposed to be included. Well... I promise you, the person cleaning your room or sweating their ass off to bring you quesadillas in the hot sun isn't making any of the profit off of the money that you paid to the resort. I remember one time I was sitting at dinner with a wedding planner that I was working at a wedding with. We'd been at this table enjoying a huge dinner for hours. And actually, the four of us had polished off three bottles of wine together. When we went to leave, I put a $20 bill down on the table and the wedding planner put her hand on top of mine. She said, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Do you know how little they make? And I said, yeah, I do. She goes, exactly. They don't get paid much at all. So you don't have to leave more than one or two dollars. I said, I know. That's exactly why I'm leaving 20. There was a time in my life that I had a single mom who raised me on tip. So I'm always going to be an over tipper. OK, but there's another way of putting this. Let's take uh, this dinner that I was at, for an example. That night, four of us ate a three course meal and shared three bottles of wine. Back home, that would have been at least a $250 meal. Now, if if I was going to be cheap back home, Which I'm not, but if I was going to be, I would tip 10%, which would be $25. Now, suddenly I'm in Mexico having a server do the exact same amount of work that they would have if I was ordering $250 worth of food and drink, but I feel like I'm a baller because I left a $1 bill. Yes, of course they appreciate anything, but my point is leaving a couple of dollars here or there basically is like still getting it for free. Plus, if you can afford to fly across the globe and pay thousands of dollars for the luxury of sleeping in a different bed, simply closer to the ocean for seven nights, you can afford to bring $100 worth of singles to leave here and there for the people who are busting their asses to make sure your time is enjoyable. <sighs> Let me catch my breath. Oh, this gets me heated. Put the do not disturb sign on your door. Did you know that at the average all-inclusive resort, Two to six people will enter your room for various reasons on any given day. The fancier the hotel, the more people. Someone comes in to clean, someone brings you towels, someone else replenishes your water bottles, and someone else checks your minibar. Hell, some hotels even have someone close your curtains, pull the blankets back, and leave a chocolate on your pillow before bed. If you're like me and you like to travel with nice things like laptops, cameras, designer glasses, or just things you don't want to go missing, then pass on all the extra cleaning safes get broken into all the time and let's be real you don't need your room cleaned every day room service dishes can be put outside your room and you can ask for fresh towels when you see a cleaning person but leaving your room unattended without the DND sign means anyone can walk in at any time and they will they have work to do with so many people coming in and out it will be almost impossible for the resort to figure out who took something from your room and like I said some of these people are very desperate And I mean, I feel like it should go without saying, but leave your fancy stuff at home. I've never understood people who buy and use like designer Louis Vuitton suitcases. All that screams to anyone on the outside is come steal me. Hey, the expensive stuff's over here. So pack your cheap shit. Oh, while we're on that topic, I've heard of women wearing false engagement rings, like fake diamonds, when they travel anywhere, not just Mexico, and that's never really made that much sense to me, because in my opinion, I don't want to get robbed at all, and especially not for a fake ring, so just leave all the jewelry at home. Don't even wear the fake stuff. And speaking of fake stuff, one really cool idea is whenever you have expired credit cards, debit cards, whatever, put them in a wallet, okay, with just a couple dollars, put that wallet in your pocket and then tuck your real money somewhere else. That way, if somebody comes up to rob you, you can give them the fake wallet and get away and they won't even realize that it's fake until you're long gone. Pickpocketing and petty crimes happen all over the world, but they're one of the biggest complaints for travelers who go to Mexico. It can all be so easily avoided by just not flaunting your stuff and taking a few extra precautions. Numero Please don't call me a party pooper. I know this is not what you want to hear, but don't get drunk off. Premises. It's tempting. I get it. You're in vacation mode. The alcohol is cheap. Hey, sometimes it's even free. But save the ragers for anywhere else. Literally Anywhere else. Pretty much every bad story that I've ever heard of, coming out of Cancun especially, started with, well, I was really drunk and dot dot dot. Not having your wits about you makes you a very easy target for petty crime robberies and even just getting beat up. For the past six years, I've done so many destination weddings. I've heard all kinds of stories of groups of friends going out to get wasted at places like Coco and almost every time someone in the group has something stolen or they get robbed. I'm just saying that alcohol will taste just as good back home, and you won't run the risk of having all of your stuff taken. If you're going to be stumbling around in the streets piss drunk, I promise you'll have a Target on your back. That's all I'm saying. Numero cinco. This one's kind of crazy and pretty exclusive to Mexico, and I would say mostly Cancun, but beware of the police. When we talk about wages... These guys only make around $17,000 a year or $8 an hour. So they see you, a tourist, as someone with money. But the difference with them is they have power and machine guns. There are countless stories of police extorting tourists. From what I've read online and even my own experience, you could totally take your phone out if they start talking to you and start recording so that they know that they're going to be held accountable. But just in general, don't make eye contact and don't speak English around them. Now, a long time ago, I was traveling around Tulum with the next boyfriend We rented a car so that we'd have freedom to do and see what we wanted, and I had to drive because, well, <laughs> he was a little bitch. Anyways, I was going a very regular speed on the highway. In fact, I distinctly remember that all kinds of cars were passing me, but I got pulled over. Immediately, I knew it was because I was a tourist. One officer approached my car, and the other one stayed in the police vehicle. I rolled down my window, and in Spanish, she said, did you know you were speeding? And I said, No, I wasn't speeding. I was going slower than all the other cars. And he said, No, you were speeding. And That's very dangerous. You could have killed someone. So it's a very serious offense. I knew the police were corrupt and that there was no point in arguing because we both knew that he was making it up and there was no way I could prove otherwise. He goes, Now I'm going to have to take your driver's license away for three days. You can come and get it from the police office once you've paid your ticket. I said, um, How much is the ticket? He goes, I'm gonna have to ask my partner. He walked back to the police car and I looked over at my boyfriend for the first time and he looked like he was about to piss himself. He was gripping the handle of the door with his teeth clenched, stressed to the max. When the police officer came back, he said, my partner tells me that your fine is going to be um, three months wages. (laughs) I I tried not to laugh. Three months wages? Do you know how much I make? That would be an awfully large fine. But that big lash energy that I've always had in my spirit piped up and I said, I don't want to go to the police officer. What if I paid you now? Would the fine still be the same? He raised one eyebrow, probably impressed that I understood the assignment. He said, let me go talk to my partner again and walked away. Now, my bitch ass boyfriend looked like he was going to run from the car. He whispered, are you seriously trying to pay off the Mexican police, Jada? That's illegal. I said, can you think of a better option in this situation? People probably do it all the time. He just wants money from us. Then suddenly he reappeared in my window. He goes, my partner says that we can take payment now. So I opened my wallet and all I had was 400 pesos, which is somewhere around $20. I held it up and he took the money, nodded his head and said, no more speeding, okay? Have a nice day. I slowly so slowly pulled back into traffic and my man-woman of a boyfriend said, Oh my God, that was crazy. So some tips for dealing with corrupt police officers? Don't speak English around them. Don't flash money around. Don't stand around loitering. And if they're picking on you, but you know you haven't done anything wrong, then they really just want your money. Last but not least, this one is very important as well and the one that we need the men to hear. Okay, I'm gonna wait actually for you to go get whoever it is that needs to hear this your brother, your friend, your husband, your boyfriend. Your attention, please. No woman in Mexico wants your dick. Okay. Okay. It's a classic case you go out dancing. You meet a woman who seems super into you. You dance, she gets close. She might even let you touch her, kiss on her neck. She tells you that she wants you to come back to her place. You think, yes, I'm the man. Then bam, next thing you know, you're at a random motel missing your wallet, your watch, and your wedding ring. The hustle the women have going on in Mexico is real. They'll drug you, rob you on the dance floor. They are savages. But of course, Every man wants to believe it's his animal magnetism. And of course she wants you, but not here, buddy. In Mexico, you you are a wallet on legs. legs. I could go on for days with all the stories that I've heard from men that I actually know who were thinking they were going to hook up or maybe just have some fun on the dance floor and ended up empty handed. But here's the real kicker. They target married men because they know that you're not going to say anything. So, trust me when I tell you that woman doesn't give a fuck about your dick. She's looking at your wallet and your gold chain. Uh if something like this has happened to you don't feel bad it happens to lots of men in fact if you listen to the Pablo Escobarbi series you'll hear a story about my ex's cousin who thought he was going home with a local they got into a taxi cab she spoke some Spanish to the driver he pulled over and next thing you know my good old friend Dan was getting the shit kicked out of him and he woke up in a pile of blood on the side of the road the next morning with tourists walking over him I'm not making this up and ladies now you know that if your husband comes home missing a wedding ring wallet passport money you should probably check him for hickeys. (laughs) one thing to keep in mind when you're doing research about mexico is that every country has bad statistics when you look up how many missing people there are in mexico It's actually hilarious, the country with the number one most amount of missing people is the United States. There are bad things happening everywhere. One time I was in Tanzania, Africa and I met a gentleman who was on his third trip traveling around the world. He said that everyone warned him about traveling around South Africa and all these other places, but in all his travels he was only ever robbed once and it was by a gang of children in Germany. Nobody would tell you to be careful traveling in Germany, but this guy had the worst experience. He said, do you know what it's like wanting to beat the shit out of an eight-year-old? Yeah. I've been robbed in Canada, and if you heard my wedding day story, I was staying in one of the fanciest hotels in one of the safest countries in the world and still ended up with my hotel being held hostage. Of course, anytime you travel, you're taking a risk, but bad stuff can happen anywhere. And as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather live my life, meet the people, learn about the cultures, taste the food, see the things, than just sit at home thinking that I'm safe. And you know what? You don't have to take my word for it. I had a chat with Eduardo, someone who works at the resort that I'm staying at, and here's what he had to say. How long have you been working in resorts?
1: In resorts, I've been working for ten years.
0: What's your favorite thing about your job?
1: People. Yeah, I like talking to people.
0: I can tell. Yeah, you're good at it. No. Thank, you. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. Okay, so are people ever rude to you?
1: No, I can't. I can't say I had a rude, rude co- customer, but um, not polite. Not all the time, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I've been having good experiences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's something you wish? You could tell tourists.
1: I don't know. I, I Probably I don't have bad experiences. As I've seen other co-workers have worse experiences than me. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how you have to manage people. I'm, I guess I'm pretty good at managing.
0: But also you're really good with English. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's what I tell everybody. everybody. Just come here, be patient. A lot of people don't speak good English, and um, our English is not as good as, as it should be. Well, it doesn't
0: have to be. You're no? there in Mexico. Exactly. It's your country. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, you know, that's one thing that we do live of our tips. Yeah. Um, Actually, here in, in resorts, we make about $10 a day. That's, yeah. That's our salary. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that we actually do depend on, on tips because um, the hotel's not going to pay us what we need to make to survive. Right. Uh, Cabo's not very cheap. Um, to live here. To live here, yeah. Everything's expensive. Um, uh, groceries, rent, everything's going, on, going up. Mm-hmm. And um, salaries not enough.
0: I feel like minimum wage is really cheap here. Mm-hmm. But your employer says, well, do a good job with customer service and then you'll get tips. So mm-hmm. that's like you're counting on that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they do think that we everybody tips, but it's not really the case all the time. Right. A lot of times people don't know.
0: Or they think because they're at an all-inclusive, everything's included, including the tips.
1: That's not their fault. I know that's not their fault because when you get into this um, all-inclusive, they tell you that that you are paying tips, uh, mm-hmm. and we we do get a we do get a percentage of of the occupation on the on the hotel. Mm-hmm. We get a we still peanuts. It's still mm-hmm. gonna. It's may, maybe if I make ten dollars a day with the tip that's all inclusive, it'll be twenty dollars in in a day. It's mm-hmm. Still not enough. Not enough
0: to live off of. It's
1: still not enough to live off of. No. Right. So. They tell them that we do get tip, and that's that's correct. We do get a additional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost the hotel; it costs the, yeah. the tourists. But it's still not a lot.
0: Do you have to tip out to like other people? Like when you served, you have to tip out to the bartender, and then to, like give a portion of your tips to other people.
1: Yes, I give I give to the food runner, to the bartender, to the supervisor. Into the kitchen,
0: so you don't keep all the tips that everybody gives you.
1: No, no, I, I tip, I tip out everybody as 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 well as they as they work with me. Yeah, I give them a, whatever I make. Wow, What I make,
0: yeah. So a, a tourist who thinks they give you two dollars.
1: I'm not gonna tip out with that one.
0: <laughs> so you're gonna keep that, yeah, but if you get more, then you give it to somebody else.
1: Yes, yes, I have to make more. So I, and everybody do is, does expect me to give them some some money. Yeah. So yeah, the the kitchen they don't leave until like every everybody gives them money. Yeah. And the bartender they all expect money. And do you have a family? I do. I have a 11 uh, year old daughter.
0: Oh. A, yeah. a wife and an 11 year old daughter. Yeah, yeah. You got mouths to feed. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know I'm keeping you from your work and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was so sweet of Eduardo to take some time out of his day to sit down and chat with me. My favorite thing that he said was that it's not the tourist's fault that they don't know. They're under the impression that the staff are being tipped or the tips are included, but now you do know, so you can do better. With all this talk of theft, I should mention that despite how many times I've been to Mexico, I've only ever had one pair of Versace sunglasses taken from my hotel room. Oh yeah, and that crybaby ex-boyfriend that I mentioned, he had a camera taken from his suitcase at the airport. So while I have had things taken before, I tell myself that they're only things and at the end of the day, I'm blessed enough to have stuff worth taking and it can all be replaced. Beautiful memories on the other hand, well, they can never be taken from you. And the other day I heard a quote that goes really well with this episode. It said, sure, a bird is safe in a cage, but that's not what God made them for. So get out and fly. Get out and live life. Go enjoy the culture, the sights, the smells, and the flavors of Mexico. Most importantly, the people. Just be sure to keep your wits about you. Leave your fancy stuff at home and keep that do not disturb sign on the door. Oh, of course, make sure to pack sunscreen and bug spray and let me know how it goes. Hopefully you found this helpful. As you can tell, it's something I'm very passionate about. If you know someone who you think could use some of this advice, or if you know someone who could use a little BLE in their life, could you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do, some rude-ass tourist gets a horrible sunburn on the first day of his trip. It's true. Thanks again for pressing play this week. Until next time, go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass, big, lush energy everywhere. Where, Where you, you go. go.
2: Adios. Girl, you're like a superhero. I know, ain't nobody like you. You know that they try to, but they don't come close. That's why I'm yelling, damn James.